do you think that more students or more so that colleges should kind of make it a requirement that all students take like a semester abroad to broaden themselves? Definitely. A hundred percent. I think it should be a requirement for everyone to have to go to abroad, to have to go abroad uh, and immerse themselves in a culture that's not theirs. Since the mid 20th century, American society has pushed the standard that to be successful, to have a fulfilling professional career, and to properly be a part of society, having a college degree will help facilitate all those potential opportunities for your future. The current idea is that most graduating high school students elect to enroll immediately into a two or four year higher education institution to jumpstart a professional career. Yet, not everyone fits or follow those beliefs of success. Some adults choose to enroll into college months or years after graduating from high school. Others hold positions in career fields where a trade certificate and on-the-job training would be more beneficial and relevant than having a degree. These students that follow a different path of earning their degrees are called non-traditional students. According to a study published by the National Center for Education Statistics in 2019, it noted that about 66% of graduating high school seniors are considered traditional students that enroll into two or four year higher education institutions. While in overall, 40% of all undergraduate students nationally are considered non-traditional students aged 25 and above. There are many things to consider when deciding to enroll into college, including the financial burdens, time managing between work hours and academic course loads, and maintaining a healthy social life and tracking one's mental, emotional, and physical health and needs. Many topics the American secondary education programs fail to prepare their students on. No matter the individual journey, all college students ultimately want the same thing, to just receive their degrees, relish in that new accomplishment, and to start the next chapter of their lives. But what happens outside the classroom is just as important. I'm Christoph Brown, and today on Life on College Hill, we'll look at how being a non-traditional student affects students from different walks of life. Hello, I am Luke Ewan, and I am a junior here at RSU. And are you originally from Oklahoma? Well, I was born in West Tulsa, uh, but I moved up to Iowa for a while. Uh, when I first came back down here uh, from Iowa, I lived here in Claremore. And to be honest, I chose RSU because it was the one there in town. Um, I was just driving down the main road over there, saw it on the hill, thought, you know what? I should go to college. That'll help me become a voice actor. Um, signed up that day, didn't do any research on any other colleges, and just kind of went for it. <laughs> oh, you went straight into Roger State. Okay, yep. wow. And so you, as you mentioned, you wanted to become a voice actor. Yes. Is that still your primary goal? 100%. Uh, that is, without a doubt, my primary goal. And how do you think your experience here at Roger State is helping you reach that goal? Uh, it is giving me tons of experience. I wasn't even anticipating, uh, not only from the classes themselves, uh, but when it came to uh, the networking and the opportunities I was able to uh, come across during my time here. Um, like being able to work at the radio station, the friends I've met here, um, and it gave me far, far more, um, even just, not even just through the education, but opportunities that I never would have had otherwise. Even though you kind of enrolled on a whim, this has mm -hmm. been a very positive experience in trajectory for your future. Without a doubt. Um, but it's one of those things, you know, uh, you get out of it what you put into it. Uh, it's just as easy to enroll on a whim and then not do anything with it. 
but if you, you know, you can enroll on a whim and as long as you uh, keep active and keep chasing things, then that's when you get something out of it. So far during your time here, have you experienced any hardships or any obstacles that almost deterred you from continuing to enroll here? The first semester here, I did it purely online because I was still moving down from Iowa at the time. Um, and that was pretty difficult to do, uh, especially since the house I was living in at the time didn't have internet. Uh, so I had to like go to uh, the RC library or if that was closed, I'd go to like McDonald's or something to be able to do my assignments. And during that semester, I traveled back and forth from Iowa six times. One of the times being stuck up there because a huge ice storm hit and it reached negative 52 degrees. So first semester was rough, but it definitely got better after that. Um, and I started uh, looking to the organizations on campus. I joined the student theater program. Uh, that's how I met my entire friend group that I have now. The theater program gave me tons of experiences uh, that I wouldn't have had otherwise. If I had just been like only going to classes, I would have been burnt out a much longer time ago. To have that ability to have supportive classmates and to build yeah. that connection and then have them turn into friends and like that's that is probably the goal of what it means to come to college. Mm. Uh, did you originally enroll into college straight out of high school? Uh, no, uh, straight out of high school is when I joined the military. I'm in the Air National Guard. I didn't really. I'd, I'd like to say you know and like. Uh, really wanted to go and defend my country and everything, and I did to some extent, uh, but mostly uh, I was just kind of stuck in limbo at the time, didn't really uh, know what I was doing. I definitely wasn't planning on going to college. I don't have, like, a super long uh, military heritage in my family or anything, but my brother was in it, and he seemed to be doing well. Uh, figured it, you know, even if it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, it, I was at least doing something. Uh, I enlisted in Iowa, finally got back to my base in Back to my base in Iowa, my family's moving to Oklahoma, so I was there at that base for like a week officially before I transferred bases. Uh, I, I still feel bad about it, um, but I don't regret it because um, coming down here uh, with my family and everything was definitely the right move to make. How do you feel like you're managing being both uh, a reservist and a full-time student? In terms of that, uh, luckily, uh, being in the National Guard, it's one weekend a month. Uh, so it doesn't eat up a ton of time. Like there have been times where I've had to uh, go out to my base and everything uh, during the month, uh, be it for like an emergency or something. Uh, but A, with it, you know, paying tuition, the connections that I've made there that if I have an issue with schoolwork, they also uh, have gone through a lot of the same things. So they have a lot of the answers I could need. It could be more detrimental uh, if I let it be without a doubt. Uh, and for the first year or two, I did let it be. Uh, I wasn't getting much of the military. I was kind of despising it by that point. It was really, really starting to wear on me. Uh, but then I started uh, picking up, putting more into it. And the more that I put into it, uh, the more that I let myself open up to other people, uh, network, meet other people and everything, uh, that is when things finally started to uh, pick up again. <laughs> Do you feel as though you're getting enough support from your on-campus advisors as well as from your command? Uh, absolutely. From advisors and everything, uh, my advisor is actually Tip Crowley, uh, the manager for the radio station here. He's the type of person that, like, he just wants you to succeed. Um, and so he's more than happy to help you in any way that he needs to. Um, 
help you like direct you where you need to go. Uh, and even if like, uh, you know, he doesn't totally agree with the decision you might be making at a moment, does all he can to like steer you where you're wanting to go. So advisors here, absolutely phenomenal. As for the command on my base, they're also like, they always constantly motivate me. Like, yes, get your stuff done, do what you need to do, get your degree. They actually helped me a lot uh, with deciding to stay here at the college as well. Because like my family was actually pushing me a little bit uh, to take time off of college. Uh, and I was starting to listen to them, and it was seeming like a great idea at the time. Uh, and then I talked to the guys in the military, and they helped me wake up a bit saying, what the frick are you doing? <laughs> like, no, you, you need to get your stuff done. And I was like, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I love my family, trust them with all my heart. But I'm also glad they're not my only influence, for sure. With all of what you've been through so far as a college student and within your professional career, would you consider yourself a non-traditional student? I mean, maybe. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I've never really thought about it. Um, just kind of saw it as, you know, this is how I did what I did to get here, and they've taken the path that they've taken to get wherever they are. Um yeah, I mean, that's about it. I no, mean, maybe I in that. a way, but, yeah. but... No, I completely understand that. Of like, It's sometimes hard to be like, well, what is traditional? And then, like, mm -hmm. what makes my experience slightly different from theirs? It's like, we're still here at the same day. At the end of the day, we're both here in class. So yeah, yeah. We might have taken different journeys, but what is technically traditional? Mm -hmm. uh, is there one thing you wish your fellow classmates or professors knew about you or your experience... I don't think there's anything I wish anybody knew about me, but uh, people who are in similar uh, shoes as me, I would say, you got to keep pushing. Like the amount that you're able to grow and the amount that you're able to learn uh, and you realize you're far more capable than anything else that uh, you would have been thought previously uh, because you put more into it. Uh, it gives you the knowledge that you need. It gives you the experience that you need. Um, and from there, you just keep on growing. This shows that you can be at different points in your life and still be aligned with someone else. It's oh, like you don't have to have everything together to be put together. Yeah, the <laughs> idea that you have to have everything in order uh, by a certain age is ridiculous to me. Like you can get your degree at 22, fresh out of like sh high school, straight to college. Uh, I'm set to get mine probably about 24, 25. Uh, and then I've seen people get their degree at 89. Uh, like we're... We're all on our own journeys, and there's no, like, time requirement for these things. Do what you need to do, uh, but make sure it's setting you on a path to where you want to be, not where uh, you've been told you have to be. My name is Mikan Lopez. So I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, uh, but I went to school in Holland, Michigan called Hope College. And I was there for about three years. And I did my fourth year abroad where I currently am. So Salvador, Bahia, Brazil. Mikar and I met our freshman year at Hope College. By the end of our first full academic year, we had became really close friends. What were some of your original motivations for enrolling at Hope College? So I ended up choosing 
hope because it had everything I wanted academically. It wasn't too far from home, but it was far enough. And free college. Would you consider that an obstacle, going abroad for a year while also preparing to graduate? Oh, yeah, it definitely was. It, because I hadn't planned it before beforehand, like... Um, I went back in May to graduate to walk with my graduating class, but my classes here in Brazil didn't end until June. Just to graduate, I was there for two weeks, and then I came back to finish out my classes. After my classes were over here in June, I had to go back to Hope. I had to do a senior seminar, so I had to do it over the summer, and I had to like pay to stay there. And I, I was missing some credits, so I ended up taking a, a Spanish test. Because you get credits for that test. So that's how I ended up making up for some of those credits. It was it was a little bit difficult getting back. Like there were some sacrifices that had to be made in order for to stay here a little bit longer. But I don't think, I think a lot of them were worth it. Through that experience of having to juggle your abroad classes, as well as coming back to the States and completing the necessary courses, uh, would you consider yourself a non-traditional student because of that? I don't know if I would consider myself a non-traditional student. Here in Brazil, the classes and education and things are very different. And I felt that after the first semester here, I felt like I wouldn't be able to get used to, I guess, the academic intensity of hope again, because here is a little bit calm. They don't demand as many papers and have as many exams. That last class, the senior seminar, it was very intensive. It was a little difficult. So I think I maybe I started off as a traditional student, stopped being one, and then had to go back to being one. With all of that um, back and forth and, you know, not wanting to leave Brazil, would you ultimately think that that journey in that academic route you went through was worth it? I do think it was worth it. To be honest, I wish I had realized that the pre-vet track wasn't for me a little bit earlier on. I feel like I would have been a lot more involved in the English department. And I feel like there were some classes that I had wanted to take, but I didn't take because I had to fulfill some of the biology requirements. So I, I kind of wish I had realized that a little bit earlier on, but I am okay with the way things turned out. Do you think that more students or more so that colleges should kind of make it a requirement that all students take like a semester abroad to broaden themselves? Definitely. A hundred percent. I think it should be a requirement for everyone to have to go to abroad, to have to go abroad uh, and immerse themselves in a culture that's not theirs. Um, I think that it's a huge learning experience. It, op it opens up your mind a lot because you see a lot of differences. You see a lot of biases that you have turn towards certain groups of people, towards certain ideologies and things like that. And when you are abroad and you are the only person who thinks differently and there's like this big acceptance towards certain things and, and you are the one that is, I don't want to say against it, but you don't think in that way, you start thinking about a lot of things that you believe in and that you you see as a fact or some errors or an ideology and you're like, hmm, maybe that's not how it is all over the world. If you had if you could go back to that time of being an undergraduate at Hope College, 2012 to 2016, 
would you have chosen to go to Brazil earlier in your academic career? I'm a first-generation college student. And so there are a lot of things that you have to learn how to navigate without a parent and without um, someone that you fully trust to have your best interests in mind. Uh, so, But I, I did have to explain myself to a couple people uh, why I decided to stay abroad instead of come back and finish my education at Hope. I feel like some people were not quite as understanding. Like people have that idea that when you go abroad, it's kind of like a holiday or that you're you're just going there to party and have fun and you're not actually studying and you don't go through your own kind of struggles. You're you're learning a lot of things and it's not just at like at an academic level. I don't think of it so much as an academic experience. It's just an, uh, an experience abroad like because, so yeah, academics play a part of it, but it's not the entire experience, which is why I think it's so important because, yeah, I learned the language, but I learned the language mostly through interactions with people than like in school, in class. I learned a lot of Brazilian history and literature and things like that, but I learned most of it with interactions with people, not just in a classroom. I feel like it's such a such a broad experience. It's hard to just pinpoint it as like academic. Stay in the great movie West Side Story, womb to tomb, birth to earth. <laughs> we are siblings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm the older sibling. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> by age, probably not by maturity, but definitely by age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with them. Mandy Brown holds a double bachelor's degree and is currently working on their master's, earning their required clinical therapy certificates. Mandy is also my older sister. I am currently enrolled at the University of Alabama for clinical mental health counseling. I'm getting my master's. I previously went to Northern Illinois University. I have a degree in secondary education and also family individual development. And I also have a certification in teaching and also teaching English as a second language. So I kind of have my hands everywhere. What has been your educational journey experience so far? Well, grad school in general, getting anything below a B is considered failing. So to push myself to constantly excel when I don't even have the energy to crack open a book, let alone sit at a keyboard and type 25 pages that's due in a couple of days, you know, I've definitely learned to push my limits more. Um, I've already been good at time management, but definitely pushing my limits and telling myself that I can actually do it when indeed I don't want to do it and I don't care if I do it. Oh, I feel that. I'm going to back to school and finding the motivation, the energy and the time to maintain that heavy course load and to stay on that hard charging lifestyle we were raised with of like anything below a B or failure type of mentality. So like I, I, I totally feel that and can relate to that. What would you consider one of the main reasons or motivations for you to even go to college to begin with? My original thought plan was literally if I can get into college, I can hurry to leave and never look back. The motivation to stay was the fact that I knew I was smart and I wanted to do all this stuff. 
but back then, of course, you need school to to match as more than experience. And um, okay, then I had Casey, so I was like, oh, now I really got to finish school because I look like an idiot <laughs> not to finish college. And like, what am I showing her now? The motivation for grad school and everything is really just to like be a better example, not just like to the girls, but like to the family. Like, you know, I'm not the best, you know, we've been through our trauma and stuff, but I still chose to excel and wanting to like do better, not for like myself, but for those around me, because the end goal is to open up a community center and have my own mental health practice. So now the motivation is just to help others. So I feel like every degree had a different phase of motivation now motivation just to help others around me and how was that campus life uh, going from living on campus to living off campus to bringing the girls to class like was were you able to build a community within your classmates and within your professors um as well as were there certain struggles with that dynamic as well so completely honest my first college was lynchburg college in lynchburg virginia and that's when i found out i was pregnant with casey towards the end of my first semester and I hated that school. I hated living on campus. So with once I found out I was having Casey, um, I knew that was my opportunity to get off of campus. Like I liked the, I didn't like the school like that, but I knew I could still go to school. But I couldn't live on campus, and I was perfectly fine with that. And then when I transferred to NIU, where I was more involved on campus and building my little community, it was still the same. My my apartment was still five fifty. It was a nice, spacious two bedroom. I was only maybe five to seven blocks max from campus. So I would actually walk to campus or catch the Husky bus. So that was fine. Building my community that I did have on campus was actually great. Like it was more welcoming at NIU than it was at Lynchburg College to be a single mom. And not saying they encouraged it, but it was just that we had the Center of Black Studies. So I had my motivation there. I could always go in there. And, you know, late nights, it'll be open, the library be open, I could take her to events. Uh, my professors, the ones of color, at least, were more understanding. If I wanted to bring her to a night class because the daycare closed at six, you know, so if anything, they made me being a parent and a student so much more worth it than if I would have stayed in Virginia. I don't know, being a single parent. And being in college, um, that non-traditional student lifestyle is definitely harder, but it's motivation. Like, you can't slack. You know, bills still got to get paid. You still have to educate yourself. You still got to take care of somebody else. So it was, it, was, it was definitely a lot. A lot of sleepless nights, but it would have it been sleepless nights without kids. So just, you know. Why would you consider yourself to be a non-traditional student? And how would you consider yourself to be a non-traditional student? It's funny because I literally just did a research paper on this. So if you want to go by a definition, a traditional student is one um, that is going to school back to back. So right after high school, they're going to school, graduating at 21, getting their master's by 23, 24. You know, they have no dependents, have no real financial responsibilities. They have a strong family support making, you know, uh, use all of campus resources that they have to offer me as a non-traditional student um i even though i went to school right after high school i did have that break um i do have a dependent i don't have the freedom to utilize uh whatever campus offers because i have time constraints 
I can't really be a GA or a TA if they don't offer it within a certain time. And then, you know, or within, even within my major or even then um, I may get more financial assistance because I have dependents or they're limited within like what classes I can take. It's, it's ups and downs. So for me, I see myself as a non-traditional student because um, I'm going to school with with kids and still we're yeah. still trying to attain a traditional student lifestyle. Like I went to college and still did organizations and pledge uh, my sorority. I'm a member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated, but I still had to <laughs> do other things that they still consider me as a non-traditional student. What is one thing you want people to know about being a non-traditional student? I want y'all to know that we're here. <laughs> we exist and we thrive. Because um, like I said, I just got literally got done doing a research paper about this. It was like 25 pages. You know, non-traditional students, believe it or not, are excelling more in certain aspects than traditional students because we have that motivation to not only excel, but we make it to where life can be more flexible and we have better time management skills. So I would definitely say don't knock the fact that I'm not like you because if anything, I'm showing that I can do it just like you, but better because I got other stuff on my plate. As students, we're all trying to manage our own course loads and personal life, which can easily create this tunnel vision of focus. It can become easy to forget everyone is going through their own journey. At the end of the day, we are each living our own complex lives, just trying to better prepare ourselves for the future that we want for ourselves. Season one of Life on College Hill was recorded, written, and edited by students in the podcast production class, part of the Department of Communications at Rogers State University. This podcast is part of the RSU Radio Podcast Network. Visit rsuradio.com for more.